Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 8th of August, 2019. We are deep in the heart of silly season, and this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, and I'm going to repeat myself on this one. We are deep in the heart of silly season. <laughs> um, yeah, it's summertime, man. It is like high summer, and they're just, I mean, it just seems like there's nothing happening out there, and so naturally, everyone's busier than ever. <laughs> How you doing, Dave? I am doing fantastic. How are you, Jim? I'm good. It's been a weird week. I spent the I spent most of this week. Um, first off, it was a long week, a long weekend uh, for for uh, most people in Canada. So I spent actually most of this week um, playing catch up. But when I wasn't playing catch up, I was troubleshooting because I got this theory. You know, you know, you know how like uh, uh, um, uh, Search Engine Land publishes the um, SEO uh, periodic uh, uh, periodic table. Yep. Somebody's got to get around to publishing an, uh, a, a general SEO calendar. This is more or less what's going to happen throughout the year. Because <laughs> I don't know about you, man, but every time I think I can just sort of relax and chill out a bit because, you know, we're entering silly season. There's nobody around. Nothing's happening. All hell breaks loose and I wasn't anticipating it. If I could just look at the calendar and go, oh, yeah, developers are going to do something stupid because they think no one's looking. <laughs> well, what stupid thing would you like to talk about first? Uh, well, I, oh, my goodness. Okay, what can I say that doesn't get me in trouble um, with, with various clients or various developers i got to work with tomorrow? Um, what do I want to look at? What do I want to talk about that was really stupid? I don't know. I spent the entire week troubleshooting, and uh, most of it was unnecessary because it was just developers trying to snake stuff in that they thought would be really cool but turned out to be really clumsy. Um, I don't know. How about – you know? I bet you they got some developers working at Google. You, you know how <laughs> I know? One or two. You know how you can tell? How's that? The damn thing keeps breaking. That's how I can tell. <laughs> um, so Google isn't indexing new content right now. That might be frustrating. That would, that would be frustrating. Yeah, and I, I ran one of the, the, the typical, you know, sort of searches that, uh, that we would all run. And I, it's almost like they're kind of limping. Um, like I did a search site colon uh, Washington Post, right? Like, I mean, these guys just like pump content out and, and, and then restricted it. I just did this for the last hour and there's like one piece on craft, right? Like that, that managed to somehow get, through but nothing else is and yeah i mean we could almost almost just have have taken a break you know uh, got to uh, you know ask brasco if you can just pull out <laughs> us talking about uh google news indexing problems just mix and match like the three episodes a couple months ago where we talked about it <laughs> just, just mix them together create a deep fake of it and, and off we go um yeah, I mean they're 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 having problems again, and I I have to wonder, and I I love your opinion. Now, do, do we think 
do you think this might be related to them actually trying to make significant adjustments to the way they're treating news, right? Which, which may be, they may be trying to go, okay, we need to better filter. We need to better, you know, retrieve. We need to better analyze um, news heading into, heading into another election, like one for us in the fall um, and then one for, uh, for our American friends. Um, Next year. Coming up next year, yeah, right, right through, starting now and, and moving through till till then, pretty much seems to be how that how that plays out. So, I don't know. I mean, it's a weird question. I don't think it has a lot to do with them rejigging how they treat news, because I mean, Google has been um, working on their algorithms for like the better part of twenty two years now. Mm-hmm. Um, they've uh, they're able to do they're able to test lifetime, and we don't even notice until two days later. Like. Um, so no, I don't. I don't know. I mean, like, I think Google's had a series of problems plaguing it for. Uh, I don't know. It's almost, it seems like it's almost been a year. It's probably been like six months now. Maybe it's almost been a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think that, that somehow these problems have to be connected. They didn't. I don't recall another period when Google had this many core problems um, happening at the same time or in, in, in such close proximity to each other. So my gut sense says is whatever problem they're having now is related to problems they were having with other parts of, uh, of the, uh, of, of their search apparatus, including news search. Um, I think that was like uh, eight to 12 weeks ago. Um so yeah, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I, I, but I don't think it's I don't think it's about how they treat news. I think they I think they treat news neutrally um, by topic. Um, I, I don't I don't I don't think that they have a real spin on it. You know. Oh, that's that's altogether true. I mean, that I mean, much as as some might like to to argue that. Um, I just find it interesting. It comes about a week after. Uh, well, actually, I'm looking at the calendar, going exactly a week after. Um, Barry had reported over on SEL. Um, that they had launched a new algorithm to better understand useful and timely information, right? So, ah, okay. Think about it, and, and so now all of a sudden we're seeing problems. But you're right. I mean, that's that's an algorithm on analysis, not an algorithm on on retrieval. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they, which is the problems are right now. or storage or something. Um, yeah. For some reason, my mind kept thinking storage. This is a storage issue. This is a storage issue. I got no reason why I'm thinking that. Um, but something in my head is uh, is saying this is a storage problem. Why that would be, I have no idea. Well, you know what? I actually just got an alert that I'm filling up my Google Drive account, so maybe I've used the last of their their storage. Oh, okay. Well, you know, this did start this did start happening a week ago. We were reporting on Barry Schwartz as we do every week. Um, it's probably your fault. Probably, probably. Okay. Well, sorry, we, just, sorry. we just put all the factors together, right? <laughs> um, okay. Here's a here. I, w- I, I remember, remember remember earlier in the show I said I, I was plagued with problem solving this this whole week. Yep. One of the problems I had was um was a variant of Chrome um a li- that was um led no I think bolted onto uh onto a scraper bot that was running off of Linux systems and just causing all sorts of direct traffic chaos with a client of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so much direct traffic and chaos, in fact, that uh, it was four times the amount of traffic um, up from any other attributable source. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, serious amount of traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, 
as it turns out, uh, after a huge, huge amount of investigation, we tracked it down to the to a weird user user agent called Headless Chrome. And so I'm putting this out there to the audience. Um, this is the eighth of August, 2019. Any incidents? If 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 you guys come across a browser variant in your logs called Headless Chrome, please let me know about it. Any information you can give me would be helpful. I'm really curious about Headless Chrome. And in in return, in return, I promise, if your office or the organization you works for has a Halloween cost has a Halloween costume contest, I will help you develop a Headless Chrome costume <laughs> and you will win. Guarantee it. <laughs> this thing's spooky. Love it. Okay. But again, I'm, I'm very serious about the headless chrome. If you if you come across headless chrome in your logs, please let me know. I'm really really curious about it. Uh, all right. I think all sorts of annoyance, like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> uh, where do we want to go next? Uh, Rand Rand wants to know what you think. Do you uh, do you do these surveys? Do you uh, do you get involved in uh, in search ranking surveys? What you think about SEO? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, I, I think it's actually. It's important, right? Like it, it's one of those things. That it, it's I, I do think it's important that, especially well, not even especially, but as well as the newer folks, because I I used to you know I used to be a keener, right? Like so so did you, I'm sure, and like everybody in our audience, right? Like you just started and you're in your first couple years and you're filling out all those things and doing all those things because it's like this fascinating thing. Then something happened around year four or five or something where I was just like, okay, you know, still active in the community, obviously speaking and all that sort of fun stuff. But doing those sorts of surveys and things, just sort of, you know, not quite as, as, as high on my priority list. And then it sort of hit me that what they need is people who have been around for ages and have seen the trends, the you or me or, you know, Barry. Or, well, I guess Barry's not, not an SEO specifically, so, I, but, you know, we could certainly fill the thing out. But, um, you know, the, the people who've been around for a while um, and, and lending their opinion and then I think it's also really important to get those people who are just looking at it basically as it stands now, right? Like where their first impression is, this is what I'm seeing right now. Um, and, and, and get those two groupings in there. So I think the time that I wasn't really as active in those sorts of things is probably the time when it didn't really matter that I wasn't. But I do. Any of our listening audience that's seasoned or new, I think it's most important. Everybody should do it, but it's most important for those two groupings. I think if we want to get a good, solid, um, you know, sort of understanding of, 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 of which factors are, are doing what, or at least what we see as the factors that are doing what, which is a big difference between saying this is what is and this is what we see, but you can get a lot of insight from them. Okay. Well, Rand is looking for your information. Rand is looking for your input in his uh... – well, I guess, you know what? This is, is this the first Spark Toro um, uh, 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 SEO survey? I believe it I mean, is. He, he did this with Moz all the time, but, uh, but, but this time he's with Spark Toro. So, yeah, in, in the first of what is probably going to be uh, many Spark Toro um, – uh, SEO user surveys. Uh, Rand is looking for your advice. I'm looking. It's funny. I just put it there because it's in a Word document. Um, yeah, Rand is looking to figure out what you think the uh, new search ranking factors are. I'm pulling the story up, and so I'm stalling for time right now. <laughs> um, 
And you can uh, participate in the survey, uh, randfish.typeform.com. Oh, my goodness. It's, unfortunately, it's a, uh, a, a, truncated, uh, a truncated URL. I guess you could, we're just going to have to put it up on our blogs and up on Facebook. Um, randfish.typeform.com slash TO slash T-U-F-S-P-C. Ranking factor survey. Uh, get involved. Say your bit. Again, I agree with you, Dave. If you've been around for a while, um, help uh, 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 sway the results towards um, what's 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 really happening. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, apparently there's no um, latent semantics indexed keywords out there. Never have been. Never will be. Just to you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just to, to put a nail in it, and, and Dave Harry's going, but I keep saying this, and why are you only listening now? <laughs> <laughs> Just to beat up on that one a little bit more, because that was a that was a silly thing. Yeah. Um. Okay. What's next? What, what, what you put a whole bunch of stories up. Um. You put a tool. Ryan Jones recommended a tool to you. What was that all about? You know what? Actually, he didn't even recommend it. Dude built it. Um, oh well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> Um, and it's over at uh, SEO data viz. So SEO data viz.com. Um, I just seen it. He's like, I just built this tool on, on Twitter and, and sent it out and I gave it a, a quick check and, and I recommend it. It's, it's really handy and I've already used it um, in an audit that I'm doing. And it's just a data visualization tool. It creates n-grams and you can set like basically you can grab all the keywords that you're interested in. And in this case, I'm going, hey, here's all, like, two of your competitors rank for all of these keywords and you don't. And then just drop it in there and it gives a nice, not conclusive information, obviously, but it gives this nice little visualization that goes, okay, now we can see, you know, sort of where they're focusing. You, you, you have to, of course, it's a visual, right? So for our audience, just give it a try because it would be really hard to explain what a picture looks like, right? Um, but yeah, it just pulls out the engrams and goes, okay, of all the two uh, two word blocks or three word blocks or however you want to, here's how they play out across either your own keyword list or in, in the case of what I've done, I've gone, here's all the things, you know, in one picture that you do rank for. And then here's another one of all the things that they rank for that you don't. And then here's one of overlaps. Okay. Now you understand a little better visually where the holes are in your content, right? Okay. So now let's, let's move forward from there. And again, it's not conclusive. You need a lot of data, and, but it just creates a nice visual um, that can often help you go where to start. I used to use tag clouds for it, but but I think this is better. Okay, so um, to try to describe the visual that 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 uh, that, that Ryan created, he used um, a list of Starbucks uh, Starbucks drinks uh, from the from the coffee chain. Yeah, and there's probably one well, for the sake of uh, for the sake of radio. There's 30 keyword phrase terms in here, and uh, Basically, he makes as 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 Dave suggested a word cloud, except it's of blocks. So the word drinks, obviously a uh, power keyword. Lots of people are searching it. Gets a massive block. Christmas, very popular keyword. Lots of people search with it. Gets a massive block. Christmas drinks is a phrase. Well, you know, still very popular, but not quite as popular as drinks, and hardly as popular as Christmas. Smaller block, but still substantial size, and just keys down on the you know on different words and different importance to words, and also gives you know just basic stats about the value of the words. That this is very cool. 
It is. It is. And it, it's, I love it. And I'm surprised. It's one of those cases where as soon as I saw it built, I'm like, right. Uh, of course. Right. Like, yes, this is a natural and I'm sort of embarrassed. I didn't think to build it. Right. Like it, it, cause it's a great idea. Now, fortunately I don't have to. So thanks Ryan. You saved me some work here, but uh, it's where I really like to start or, or falls in line because I'm a more technical SEO. Right. Like, so I love starting with sort of a, a broad picture of, okay, here's where the holes are in my content or, or, you know, basically like here's what they rank for that, that you don't not saying, Hey, you got to build this content, right? Like, no, it's just saying, here's where you might look for some holes. Now you got to use your brain still. So please folks don't go, Hey, I dumped them in there and, and here's what showed up. So now I know that's what I need to do. Use your brain and figure it out. But um, you know, it, it's, it's, I, I really like it. Um, and I suspect, you know what, I'll, I'll keep you posted because I'm handing over the audit and I'll let you know, does do clients like it as well? And I think they will because it adds that visual that I use to get me started down, down the rabbit hole of, of content strategy. Um, but I have a feeling it'll be a, a nice addition for clients as well to go, here's the broad picture. Now, here's where I'm going to explain, ignore this and, and don't this, but you know, here, here's, uh, here, here's what you're looking at and, and here's why you should we should do these sorts of things. Uh, again, this is going to be like one page out of like the 30 pages of strategy. So please folks don't use this as like your strategy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it is, it, it gives that nice graphic and, and can sort of, it helps get you started. As I say, I used to use tag clouds for it. I like this better. Well, you know what, Ryan, Ryan makes a lot of jewels. Um, and Ryan does a number of things in the, in the industry, you know, uh, you know, you know, W WTF SEO, the uh, sort of the mad magazine of um, of the SEO industry. That, got, that, that, that's a Ryan Jones creation. It it is, yeah. I've got their sticker sitting on my desk right now, waiting for me to pull out a laptop. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I was trying to make a mad magazine joke out of you pulling a laptop out of your hat or something. <laughs> Won't you pull a laptop out of my hat, Rocky? <laughs> Uh, so big thanks to Ryan for that one. It's uh, it's a really, really, uh, really handy tool. So love it. And uh, yeah, well done. Cool little script indeed. Um, okay. We probably have time for one quick story before we got to do a commercial break. What do you think we can get through really quickly? Um, there's one I can, I can cover super fast and it'll let us into the, into the post um, break where we can talk if you want to. And, and I know I certainly do a little bit more about some, uh, some Google ad stuff. Um, but the local pack carousel, um, yes. this is a test that's going on right now is a local pack carousel and wait, here's a huge surprise. They're testing it with ads. So, I mean, I've, I've already seen some like little ad tests, uh, but now we're seeing it in a, in a carousel. So Google slipping in some, some ads in a way that it's, it's interesting. Cause I'm thinking about it going, Oh, right. Makes sense as a carousel. Cause you'd be, as you're scrolling, be more, less likely to see perhaps that little ad, um, yeah. you know, part because you're now just sort of going through a carousel. So it, it'll be interesting to see what that does for for click rates. Um, I know I'll be watching it for uh, for our local clients and sort of going, okay, you know, assuming that the test plays out and, and rolls out fully, um, it'll be interesting to see what that does to uh, to click through rates on ads. I suspect it's going to improve them. So, which is oh. great for me as a PPC person. Um, you know, as an organic, <laughs> on the organic side, not so much. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah, actually, you know what? I agree. My, 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 my first thought is to think, you know what? The searchers will adjust. They'll learn what areas of the, uh, of the screen are algorithmic results and what areas are 
paid slash algorithmic results. Um, mm-hmm. But the truth is, no, I don't think they will. In fact, I think they'll go for the easiest result, the one that the one that gets some of the information they want uh, the fastest. And uh, it's it's very true. And I like, I mean, I've been managing paid search for a while, and and what I'm seeing from from Google, and I think this is good work on their end as an organic SEO. It's problematic, obviously, but their quality scores, their their the way that they're treating paid search and and the quality of them and the likelihood that to meet the user's intent and the costs on an advertiser for not doing a good job of, of, of accomplishing that is so high that at the end of the day, I don't think users are going to care. They're going to go, Oh, it's a, it's an ad. When I'm doing ad management, I'm having to build great landing pages, great ad copy, great. Like, I'm having to make sure I'm meeting the user's intent. That's clear in the ad copy. It, it's clear in, in what's being done. So, you know, will will the user start to go, oh, this is an ad? Not if Google keeps it up and produces, you know, make sure that they're feeding ads that users will be perfectly happy with, as happy as they would be with the organic results. Yeah. Will the users care? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> be like, no, whatever. It's going to, you know, solve my problem and it's faster because it's right there. So I'm just going to click it. So. Moreover, um, I think Google gives uh, paid advertisers a little bit more leeway with phrasing of titles, and phrasing of, uh, of front-facing information than they give organic SEOs. I can't guarantee that the description I write, for instance, is going to come up as the pre-see statement um, underneath the active link or not. Heck, I can't even guarantee that the title I write is going to be, be the title present on the uh, search results page any longer. Um, well, no, you can't. And one of the things like I can't in an organic search result replace the title that's displaying or, or part of my description with keyword insertion and exactly what the user searched for. Right? Like I can't do these. So, yeah, you're right. They have, you have a lot more latitude with paid. It makes sense because I'm given the money. So I should. So uh, I'm wondering if Google is uh, or if uh, SEOs are going to find ways of making their titles look more interesting. Um, if there's a way to use schema to um bolster the appearance of um your placement if it if it should appear in the carousel you know and there's got to be some experimenting to do to find out how to make your ads how to make not your sorry not your ads your listings stand out against somebody else's ads yeah and and isn't that great because it's pushing us all to be better faster absolutely (laughs) thanks google (laughs) <laughs> uh, the one, this, like, I, I constantly like i see these things and then i panic now fortunately we do sort of both so it's like okay well you're robbing from peter and giving to paul as long as i both of them are my staff i'm good <laughs> i like so it, it, it sort of works a little bit there but like we see these things constantly and then there's this constant sort of like ah the sky is falling right like as my and i'm not referring to everybody i mean every, it does happen to everybody at different points but i'm referring to myself going oh my goodness what's going to happen the the, the organic is going to go away I don't know how long we've been saying that link building was dead 15 years ago, right? Like that's, that's just the, 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 the sort of way things are going, but it is pushing us to be better. Um, and link building isn't dead and organic SEO is still there. Right. So I think it was, I think it was uh, Christopher Semper. I think I saw up on his, uh, his Facebook feed the other day. It was this great meme, um, this conference slide reading 50% of, uh, 50% of SEO was on page stuff. The other ninety percent is links. <laughs> that, that was great. You. Loved it. Loved it. Okay, on that we got to take a break. Uh, studio must be going absolutely eight by now. So, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Media. 
You're listening to Webcology at webmasterradio.fm. Stick around. More stuff coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. It passes before it's noticed a slight. Rising of the eyebrows. A widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart as a beat. Like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed. But not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with Brian Massey and his guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedConsequencesPodcast.com and find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences. Marketing on Purpose. Online anytime. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Webmasterradio.fm. The addiction that's good for you. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on Webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology and WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 8th of August, 2019. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beatsock Internet Marketing. And I don't know if you saw the note in the chat room, Dave, but no, mostly a PHP econ site. So, okay. okay. Um, <laughs> so, let's see, what do we got here? There was a weird one that came up. For some reason, I don't know where, again, this is silly season. Um, John Mueller had to answer the question that Google doesn't uh, – or had to tell people that Google doesn't index parts of a page independent from each other, but indexes an entire page in its entirety and tries to figure out various topics within it. And I'm only reporting on it because, I'm, because it's just the rumors that's that you – know, the, the misinterpretations of the way we phrase things just always astounds me. Yes. And I, it's it's interesting because I can think of some peculiar exceptions, right? Like that's, that's what SEOs always do, right? It's like, well, kind of, but in this exception, like, no, you would be viewing the content, but you know, not everything else on the page, right? Like where we can all view, you know, AMP, for example, right? Like where you're going, oh, okay, here's, here's some different, um, you know, applications where you'd be viewing part, but not all at the same time. But getting to what he's talking about like basically if i have a big long like a wikipedia page is just 
looking at this section just because it can link to it. I think that's where it comes from, but it's funny. I'm now realizing I don't know where the question actually originated from, but, um, you know, jumping points or, or whatever, but it, it doesn't make sense that they would just read part of a page. Like, why, why, why would you do it? The only time I do in real life is like a cookbook where I would open it and read part of a thing. <laughs> like, but, but even then I wouldn't read just, just a little piece of it. I would read the whole thing and, and see if it's something I want. So I, I, I'm not sure why that comes. And maybe you do. And, and maybe you can enlighten me, you know, why, why that question was even asked and why you would think they were okay, just well, parts of pages. Do you, do you know um, how you can use um, uh, what 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 we used to call anchor links, but mm -hmm. I think are now called hash links. You know the, the little hashtag symbol, um, and then that links to a, a spot further down the page. Yep. Uh, again, back in the day, they were called anchor links. I've seen them referred to as hash links, um, or hash in the URL. Um, so I'm not sure if that's what they're still called anchor links or not today, but I'm going to refer to them as so, okay? As such. Mm -hmm. So you can have a page that has a number of hash links, and those hash links are used to, say, answer a series of topically relevant but different questions, okay? Right. How do blue widgets work, red widgets work, and yellow widgets work? Um, there may be instances where somebody is asking about blue widgets and even though the um, anchor links or the uh, hash links uh, 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 lead to information about blue, red, and yellow widgets, the query was about blue widgets. And so the page that has the three different hash, hash links or anchor links on it come up, comes mm -hmm. up, the searcher might believe that Google had only uh, sourced the information on blue widgets and thus only looked at that one hash when in fact Google had looked at the entire page and remember and understood that that section was the best answer to the to the query that the uh, that the that that the, the, the query the searcher made. So again, the searcher might think that because their blue widget question was answered um, by a page that had a hash in it, or that hash appears say as a featured snippet or something. Mm -hmm. So they think that that's that's where the question came from. Okay. Um, does Google only uh, spider this section, or has it spidered the entire page? This, of course, uh, the person who asked the question just occurred to me. The person who asked the question must think that Google actively spiders every page on the web when the query is made. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the only way you can come up with that question, right? Right. Yeah, and that's or if that like that little chunk of the page was the only one in the index. Right. So it's the one that showed up. Um, but how would you know to, you know, jump and, and hash to that part if if you didn't know the context of the entire page? Right. Like, so there we go. We, we have our answer. It's, it's well, not we don't. Is except there are two exceptions. We don't <laughs> entirely have a straight answer, but we're pretty close to a straight answer. We're very close to an answer. There are two exceptions. Remember, um, do you remember Ajax when Ajax was all the thing? Um, you know, movable stuff on the page. You can mm -hmm. move this box from here to there and stuff. Yep. Uh, Google had to have a crawling schema uh, for Ajax. It's not employed anymore. I don't think that they're they're supporting it. But under that, you could have Google crawling a specific piece of content on a page that was contained in the in the Ajax uh, script. 
Um, and a very tiny, according to Mueller, a very, very tiny number of sites, Google has recognized that URLs within the anchor, anchor text or the, I'm sorry, the anchor links do lead to unique content. But apparently that's very, very, very rarely. I'm not sure why he even said that. <laughs> Stop confusing people. And I can think of some technical hiccups that would result in it with like SPAs and stuff. But again, that's not the intent that Google's at. They're trying to grab the whole thing. They're just not because you screwed it up technically. <laughs> like, and you're not displaying the whole thing to Google. So, um, you know, these things will happen. But um, yeah, so it, I, I think the long story short is, it is the way we all kind of thought it was, which is Google will hit your URL and try and see all the stuff that's there for some context and then give the best thing. But they will link to that part of the page if they can, that is most appropriate to answer the user's intent. There you go. Okay. There's a name that we repeat on our show over and over and over again, and it's very short. And there's a good reason we, rep we repeat Barry's name over and over again, because, uh, because he just the content, the amount of content that man puts out is just I phenomenal. I know. There's another name that we should be repeating over and over and over again, um, because he doesn't put out the sheer volume that Barry puts out, but the quality of content that Greg Sterling puts out on a weekly basis, and has for um, well as long as I can remember, um, like. Uh, and, and Greg did it again, by the way. Um, this is, I think this is actually might be the most important piece of information we're going to be giving out on the show today. And this was uh, published on August the 5th in Search Engine Land, way worth the read for, 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 for Dave and I. We might be excused if we missed it because that was a day off up here in Canada. Hey? Um, mm -hmm. Reviews count, review counts matter more to local business review, to more local business review than star ratings do. So I'm sorry, review counts matter more to local business revenue than star ratings do, according to a study by um, the aptly named Wompley Group. Um, they looked at over 200,000 businesses and uh, discovered that by a fairly wide range, um, it's the number of reviews you have much more trustable by consumers than the number of stars or how many stars you might have. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and then I'll, I'll, I'll like, and I'm sure uh, I'll, you and probably a lot of, of um, you know, the, the listening audience would be in this spot. I often go to Amazon <laughs> like, and I'm looking to purchase stuff and I'm looking up, heck, I just needed to buy a new mouse pad, right? I didn't use one with a wrist rest. I wanted one with a wrist rest. So, I went off and I, I was looking for them. There were plenty with five stars and I didn't buy one of them. And that's because they all had like four or five reviews. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to trust this one with 480 that's managed to pull off <laughs> 0.5 and go, okay, on a wide scale, this is highly likely to match, to match what I want. I, I sort of view, um, you know, the first five as, okay, these are your, your friends and family. I, I sort of, you, you know, like the, the first 30 in a, in a monthly query estimate. It's like, okay, those are the ranking reports. So let's filter those out. <laughs> like, and we'll, 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 start, we'll start from scratch here. And that's sort of where, where the line sort of comes. And oh, okay, yeah, this one's probably ranking reports too because it's SEO related. So now we're at 90, right? Or whatever it is, right? And not just ranking reports, but you, you know what I mean. Um, you know, me checking, right? And, and driving up impressions or whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it, obviously the data is there to back it. 
Um, I think the number of reviews is a trust. You do sort of end up, though, in a case of a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? If something has 500 reviews, 5,000 reviews, chances are, and there are some exceptions, but chances are it's not a crappy product or a crappy site because how would you get to that many reviews? How many people ignored the 1.5 stars and 3,000 more bought it? <laughs> well, now I'm disappointed. Well, of course you're disappointed. You would have been if you just read the first 500 reviews, but you didn't. Um, you know, so it does sort of become, I, I think, a case of the ones that succeed would never be, have to by necessity be the ones with lots of reviews and they're going to keep getting more reviews because nobody's buying the ones that started to get a few reviews. They sort of hit 30 or 40 and the product sucked. And so all the reviews were bad. Right. But they're past that point where it's friends and family can pull this off. <laughs> We're starting to head into that. You actually need to be a good product or a good company. So. Another another uh, finding of the study. Um, this, this might seem counterintuitive, but until you think about it for a half second. Um, five star businesses tend to have less reviews and consumers are much more skeptical of a five star business than they would be of a four a three, four, or even 4.5 star business. Yeah. But they see five stars, they assume manipulation. Yeah, they're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, so reviews, like I, I think it's, um, I don't, I, it's not safe to say reviews are the, say, are, are the new links, but reviews are becoming um, as important, um, at least in the local sphere, as uh well, you know, they are not as important as things. I'm not going to say that. Links are, or reviews are dang important. Um, I want to say as important as, as, as links, but I just can't say that credibly. So, um, well, they're not as important to rankings. They are as important to your bottom line. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. If your goal is money, then they're just as important. If your goal is rankings, then they're not, right? And, and so now you can debate what your goal needs to be because one leads to the other and vice versa. But <laughs> Although I think in local search, it can easily be argued that, that reviews, in fact, are do carry the, the, yeah. the same, the same yeah. sort of weight as links. When, yeah, in absolutely. local search. <laughs> but in, in, in general search and in regular organic search, no, not, not, obviously not so much. Um, right. But in local, they, they want to know what the real good pizza company honestly is. Okay, moving right along. Hey, Dave? Yep. Oh, good. For some reason, I thought I just closed the uh, chat window. <laughs> you know what? I think I did. Oh, well, I can see you. <laughs> well, that's good. I just <laughs> lost all our topics. <laughs> all right. Well, you know what? You're, you're I, in control. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, will, uh, I will jump in with one um, that's my sort of favorite thing of the week. Um, and I haven't had as much chance to play around with this as, as I would like to report on. And here's all the things it's catching, uh, because it just, uh, came across my radar two days ago. So I don't have the data yet. Um, Frederick Belays, um, so from Optimizer, okay. for, paid search guy, um, probably one of my like go-tos on, okay. When he says stuff, probably yeah, tons of respect. Um, he wrote an article covering a subject you and I were discussing last week, which is the sort of expanding of what um, a close variant and, and, and it's trudging into mm -hmm. race and, and enhanced fraud and basically said, here's a, a three point plan on, um, you know, sort of what you need to be aware of. 
Okay, it's great. I mean, that's a, you know, a bright guy telling you what you need to be aware of. Some of it we sort of touched on, you know, last week. Um, it's over on, on SEJ under the, the paid search area. But the reason I bring it up, like you read it and you can see what you, what you need to do. But the thing I loved and I didn't know this existed is he also includes a script. And that's what got me super excited. <laughs> uh, and the script does appear to perform as advertised, I just don't know what that's doing to bottom lines yet because it's been running for a whopping two days. <laughs> so I, I don't have data. But what it does is it basically sits behind. You would set it to automatically run every night. Um, and it sort of sits behind the scenes and compares all the query data that drove traffic in with your conversions and your current keyword list. Right. So it actually is going, OK, here's the queries that match what you're actually trying to bid on. And then you set thresholds and go, oh OK, if I see this happen 10 times with no conversions, add it to my negatives. And it does it. Um, I'm looking at the source code of, of, of the script right now. Yeah. OK. Keyword. It, it, this is it, this is what it's checking through. OK. And in, in, in one quick in one quick swoop, it goes through keyword search terms, uh, keyword criteria, keyword clicks, keyword impressions, keyword cost, keyword conversions. Keyword clicks to rate, keyword, keyword average position, keyword average cost per click, keyword conversion value, keyword match type, keyword sub match type, keyword campaign name, keyword ad group name, keyword ad group ID. Mm -hmm. That's kind of thorough. It, it is really thorough. And then it said you just put in, you can put in your, uh, um, your email address and then it just creates a, a Google sheet for you or you can put your own in there and it'll just add them to this Google sheet and then fire you off an email when it's doing stuff just to make you alert that like, okay, you know what, that one's cost was low, like, because you're set, setting all these thresholds where it'll automatically act on your behalf. Uh, it, it, it's really, really sweet. I will um, report back. But for anybody who's concerned going in, you can set your thresholds really, really high if you want. So it's more like a monitoring thing just to, like, let you know when things would cross thresholds. Like, you don't have to have it act on your behalf. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, it's really neat. And I'm looking forward to seeing what it does as as the close variants sort of expand. Um, and I'm running it right now on four campaigns. So I'll, of, of like different types and sizes and volumes. So it's, it's going to be really, really interesting to watch what it does. Um, but you need to make sure for, for listeners who might go over there, really pay attention to what those thresholds are because they're going to be very different for you than they are for me, right? Like, uh, you know, if I have a really, really low cost, right. Of a cost per click, then I'm going to be willing to accept a far higher number of clicks, right? As to, to sort of trip these thresholds than I would if I'm spending, you know, $20, $30 on a click, then I want it to catch it a lot faster. And then, you know, report back to me and I can make my own decisions as to whether to, to include it as a keyword. So it doesn't guys don't get caught in that bucket. But anyway, pay attention to the numbers, read through it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's super handy and a big high tip to, to Frederick Valais on that one. It's, it's one of the, the neatest scripts um, that I currently use. I, I have like a folder on my desktop of just Google Ads scripts that I love. And that's made it. And it's probably one of the neatest ones um, and most useful that I've seen, especially heading into the world with the uh, close variants that uh, we're heading into. Okay. Well, on that polite hat tip, this is a good time to take a, uh, a polite break here on, uh, on Web College on Webmaster Radio. Um, so on behalf of Dave Davies uh, from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital News Media. You are listening to Web College and Webmaster Radio on the 8th of August, 2019. Stick around. More content coming up after these messages. Don't move. Web 
Oncology. We'll be back after this short break. The 2019 Miami Book Fair International is back once again, November 17th to the 24th. Hundreds of thousands of book lovers embark on downtown Miami to meet and hear from some of the world's renowned book authors. The 2019 Miami Book Fair International will include best-selling authors, including presidential historian Douglas Brinkley, legendary record producer Peter Asher, former CIA official Philip Mudd, and New York Times best-selling author Lori Gottlieb. The 2019 Miami Book Fair International, November 17th to the 24th. Go to MiamiBookFair.com for more details and listen for featured interviews with the authors leading up to the book fair exclusively on WebmasterRadio.fm. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. You have arrived at the destination for education and entertainment. Webmasterradio.fm. Because not everyone's last name is Gates. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on Webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 8th of August, 2018. This is Jim Hedger from Always Meeting and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Um, Dave, I'm still at a uh, I'm still at a serious disadvantage here. I have lost our topic list. <laughs> I still don't know where to find it. <laughs> um, what else do we have out there? The only thing I the only thing I got um, is what I wanted to save to last, which is like the, the Google Google's reducing its porn count. Okay. Go ahead. Adult webmaster. Well, if you're an adult webmaster, don't expect a whole bunch of action from Google. Um, because Google has gotten around, and then a lot of people think would say finally gotten around to um working to filter out uh pornographic or adult pages when you enter um terms that could be you know ambiguous um uh, uh lesbian, teen, um uh, schoolgirl, stuff like that. Um. That would almost routinely return adult pages. Now um, Google's trying to move, um, well, trying to trying to promote pages that aren't adult, but would you know address those topics. Yeah, and good. Um, Absolutely. You know, it, it's definitely one of those cases where I, I, I can see where Google's systems could have problems with it, right? Like if I, I don't even know the percentages, but let's say. I'm going to go with extreme just to be ridiculous about it. If 99% had, had adult oriented content on their mind for this query, those people will contentedly go off and find it, you know, adjust their, their queries because you are negatively impacting that one, right? Which is what Google will be dealing with. They're negatively impacting that 1% who's actually just looking for 
right? Like, you know, a, a fairly wholesome <laughs> conclusion to, to what they're, they're searching, right? So it makes absolutely perfect sense. And I get how the problem was created because their systems are built for most likely intents and, and looking at links and this and that. And yes, these sites are probably stronger and, and you know, they're, they're looking at, at, at global things. So, but I think it is a case where, yeah, you know what, a, a little manual tweak here to just go, we're just going to safeguard our, our users who may be coming in with just, you know, more generalized intents. Um, knowing full well that you're not actually damaging the other intents. They'll just find it their own way. <laughs> like mm-hmm. add a keyword or two and you're fine. You'll, you'll get what you want. Um, so it, it makes perfect sense. And, and I certainly applaud it, even though I don't generally love manual sort of like we're looking at a specific scenario and they're probably having to enter specific, you know, queries where this was a problem. But, and I don't generally like manual things, but I absolutely get this one makes perfect sense okay and the last story we got time for today but this is actually this is a big one it might take a couple minutes to cover um google assistant going to dish tv that's an interesting one we've been talking about this sort of not dish but um i love it finding ways into your home aren't they they are and and this this is what i I mean for a regular listeners they'll know right like this is what we've been waiting for um, I mean, this is just, it, it, I know when I tweeted about this, I was like, okay, this is step one of a thousand mile journey, right? Like this is, I mean, okay, this might be step 200, but it's a thousand mile journey. We got a long way to go. Um, but this is where the home automation systems start to unravel. I, I won't give any commands right now and I'll save Barry and, and his, <laughs> <laughs> some things going on, so uh, but you know, it, it's, it's people like Barry right now being the early adopters that, that have these things in place. Most people still don't. Um, but this is where we'll start to get that crossover. And what I really love, and I know you do too, is this is where we go, okay, now, okay, Google, XYZ, I just throw that in so I don't trigger people's things, um, you know, cast this to, to my TV or, you know, where you can now engage in these shopping that start with voice, but now I need to see what I'm looking at, right? Or, or I think this is where we start to see that crossover into real conversions, real world use, um, and where voice search is just going to absolutely explode as just a way that we do things. I remember um, years and years and years ago, uh, Richard Zwicky, uh, Cindy Crum, and myself were uh, were in New York um, waiting for the shuttle that's going to take us to the airport at stupid o'clock in the morning. <laughs> one of those stupid o'clock in the morning uh, conversations. Mm-hmm. And Cindy had just been talking about how the ubiquity of, of of the mobile universe and how you know everyone's got this supercomputer in their back pocket. Don't forget, this is like 2006, I. Eh? Everyone's right. got like the supercomputer in their back pocket, and how, um, uh, you know, the growth of mobile search. Um, and uh, that got Richard and I talking about the need to have screens all over the place. Uh, screens were going to become as ubiquitous as uh, those little jukeboxes were in diners at one time. <laughs> right. It's going to be everywhere. Um, yep. And a little screen that you can Bluetooth to for the time that you need it on the bus, on the plane, in the diner, wherever. Um, this is fascinating. Um, Google Assist on 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 home TV uh, help or in, in your living room, which which allows you to um, access your Nest, your uh, uh, your Google Wallet, your finances, um, your 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 health data and information, and all those other things that lead us to the uh, 
Star Trek, Star Trekian universe we're moving towards. Um, yeah, you're right. This is a, this is one of thousands of little steps that have to be taken. I think it's a pretty um, a pretty damn big step. I do too. I do too. Um, I, I was pretty stoked when I when I saw this one. We're gonna now to start to maybe we should have uh, someone on the show to chat about it because now we need to all collectively launch in with the privacy concerns, right? Well, of, of this. Yeah, I got significant privacy concerns. I do not have any of these products in my own home, um, but I am fascinated. Right. Mostly, I'm mostly living vicariously through other people who do because because obviously we need to know how these things work. But they scare the bejesus out of me. Mind you, I've got a cell phone that is most certainly listening to every word we're saying as we broadcast to like 40,000 some odd people. Right. Well, you're broadcasting to a bunch of people. So right there, you know, the privacy concerns kind of get abated. But yeah, I can find that part kind of funny to people. I don't I don't like this privacy. Yeah, my my phone goes around with me everywhere. It has that speaker, but it also has a camera. Right. (laughs) And I'm content to carry that thing around with me all the time. Um, so yeah, it's, it's an interesting, we've already kind of given up that privacy, but you know, now maybe this will spark us to have a discussion about where that line in the sand is and, and what to do with that data that's being collected. Well, it's, uh, in Toronto, um, we've, they, the, 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 the local transit commission has just introduced a new, um, well, over the last year and a half, they've been introducing a, uh, personal card that every transit user has to have and this card is assigned to the user so you have to go and you register it in your name um you can have unregistered cards but you have no uh uh protection so so you load your card up with x number of dollars and that's your fare for the week or the month okay right yeah the transit commission called metrolinks announced yesterday that they would be brokering that information they would be selling that personal information Torontonians freaked out, just just went absolutely nuts because nobody had actually said they were going to be doing this until someone said they're going to be doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I see the same sort of thing happening in the near future. Uh, Google, uh, 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 Amazon, and whomever else jumps into this market, like Sanyo, everybody's going to jump in and start, start aggregating this data. And they're gonna and, and, and they're gonna start moving. They're gonna start selling it, and people are gonna get really freaked out at the last second because, oh my goodness, you you you're actually doing that. Um, what's the leopard biting the the leopard biting my face off party? The leopard actually said it would bite your face off, but you voted for it anyway. Right. And I I, I got to tell you, I'm really worried about how quickly we're adopting um, what our our, our grandparents would have looked at as espionage devices. Oh, most certainly. Most certainly. I mean, it's, it's, it, it is a concern and, and it's a real discussion and that everybody needs to. And folks, I mean, I, I know we got we to gotta close up here in a minute, but go, go through your settings in Facebook and Google and you can turn crap off, right? And you're probably like <laughs> giving your data to people you forgot you did because you wanted to take one of those polls, right? Like get in there, you know, give a, give a scrub of, uh, of, of what you're sharing with who, check your, your phone devices. It's just a good thing to do. I try and do it every every month or so anyway. And uh, at, the, at the same time, listeners should remember, I'm in my advanced middle age. You're probably not. Learn how this stuff functions and operates. Yeah. Uh, you will need it. I need it too. I will need it too. My career isn't over yet. But honest to goodness, like I got 15 years left. You got probably 30. Um, <laughs> like learn how these things work. It's, it's so it, – it, you know one of the things that – 
a lot of the web has changed since since we our careers started. Yeah, it's it's changed so fundamentally, but the basic, the basics of how things operate, TCP/IP, it's all still the same. Yeah, yeah. Having that having that advanced knowledge, I think, gives us an advantage over、uh, people who don't have that knowledge. Even though it's like esoteric and you almost never use it, it <laughs>、yep. still helps us understand the environment. Absolutely. Okay, we have ragged the puck more than enough. It is time to go. Friends, you have been listening to Webcology at the、uh, high middle of silly season in the tech world.、Um, watch your developers—they're going to be silly. <laughs> On behalf of Dave Davies at Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digitalways Media. It's the you've been listening to Webcology on the eighth of August. Stick around, WebmasterRadio.fm. There's great content coming up after the news. Stay safe, be well. I won't be here next week. Dave and Webcology will. I'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Dave will talk to you next week. Be well. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts, and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors.